The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire, learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories you create. Our brand is about three things, victorious in your life, contributing to society, and having fun along the journey. Seven Rock Life is a lifestyle that inspires and gives back with a mission to impact the world one life at a time. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this journey. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Seven Rock Life Podcast. I am your host, Steve Mazurko, along with Mr. Chris Lee. Hey, what's going on, Steve? I'm excited to have you here. And uh, guys, you know, it, it's an honor to be here. Uh, the view here uh, at Chris's place is unbelievable. It's such an honor to be able to be invited here and get just getting to meet you a couple, you know, yesterday or two days ago. Um, just give a little background. Uh, if you don't know Chris Lee, you're going to know him after this uh, podcast. Um, and it's just exciting to see all the things he's doing. So a little background on Chris and so you guys understand what he's all about. So Chris is a transformational trainer, uh, has talked to over a million plus people. He's from uh, born in Long Island, which is my island, our island, right? That's right. Billy Joel land. That's right. Sing us a song. Be on the piano, piano man. Sing us a song for life. We're all in the mood for a melody. I love it, man. Yeah. And uh, then grew up in Puerto Rico, and I don't any understand. Boricua in the house. Yo soy puertorriqueño, para que ustedes sepan. Y un poco dominicano que se me vea el acento. So, and just to give you a little background of, of some coach, of people he's coached, Lewis Holmes, uh, who's a Howes. How Holmes? I say Holmes. How Lewis? Right? Lewis, you're watching. Don't be insulted. He doesn't know who you are. No, I do. He's and been I, living under a rock. No. I do. My brother loves you, and I don't know why I said homes again. It's house, right? It's okay. It's okay. My first language is, is English, so please forgive me, okay? <laughs> so Lewis Howes, uh, awesome life coach. I've listened to your podcast, Lewis, so please forgive me. I love you. Uh, He's Drew, in London. Shout out to Lewis. You're in London. I know that you're kicking butt in London. I'm excited for what you're going to share from London. You're from London. Hello. He's in London. London. And Drew Canoli, creator of... Uh, Organifi. Organifi. Natalie Jill, huge fitness empire she's built. Um, NFL, Cat Williams... And also Michelle Wilson for WWE, and you've done this for 30 plus years. I am. I'm a dinosaur, and I look 20. Right, yep. guys? <laughs> so let's get into it. You know, I'm excited to get to know you in the world. Uh, Seven Rock Life, you know, nation uh, is excited, and all the people on look your... at his brand, Seven Rock. Yep. Totally Check support it, it. And uh, what's cool is every uh, piece of clothing goes back to charity, uh, an item donated. So it's all about giving back. So tell us about yourself, uh, Chris. Grown up, your childhood. What made you who you are today? Well, I grew up, I, I am blessed to have been born in New York, Long Island. I grew up in San Juan, Puerto Rico. I moved down there when I was a year and a half and spent the first six years of my life navigating through the old city, old San Juan. It's colonial. It's 500 years old. It's pretty out there. And, right there. you know, when we, we've heard people say it takes a village to raise somebody. Well, it really took a village to raise me because when I was six, my dad abandoned my family, left my mom alone with five kids and... Basically had to support five kids, never having worked in her life. We lived in a two-bedroom apartment. So the mindset of scarcity was so present for me. There was always a stress about money. There was always stress about food. I would literally knock on neighbors' uh, doors to eat. I had to knock on doors and ask for food because we would go hungry. And that so was, that was my age was that? Was that right away? Six, seven, eight, nine. Everything changed when I turned 10. My mom remarried to a wonderful man who's my hero. Uh, rest in peace, Dave Hinckley. He was my stepfather and uh, really just adopted all of us and took us into, into under his wings. Yeah. And then so our whole life father. changed. We went from old San Juan, two-bedroom apartment, to a house in the suburbs yeah. and... You know, you know El Dorado? Uh, El Dorado? El Dorado and Jane yeah, Company. I love that area. And all I remember going to buy Moon and El Dorado, Dorado. Dorado. Yeah, yeah. But that's funny that you say El Dorado. That was the name of his construction company. No way. Who were channeling. Ah, connection. El Dorado. I'm like, how'd you know that? And this is there's weird. A, there's a chicken fighting place I remember too. Yeah, I don't like chicken there. fighting. No, no, I don't like it. I just yeah. remember the place <laughs> down there. That's one of the things I hate about Puerto Rico. The chicken fights. The chicken fights. But yeah, but it's beautiful. It's all folkloric and a lot of that. So that part of your 
life. So that new dad coming into your life and, and being, you know, that father figure in that role, how much of the influence? So walk us through like 12 years old to like 21 years old. Rebel. Bands. Total rebel, hung out with the wrong crowd or the right crowd in the moment. I, you know, just, I got kicked out of every school that I was in. Uh, graduated through correspondence because no school would keep me. I was hyperactive. I was what partying. Rebel, I was partying. Well, what made me rebel was being abandoned by my dad. Yeah. And that didn't really make me rebel. In the moment, I thought it did, but it was my interpretation and my belief about myself and about the world that had me react that way. So I believed I was not worth anything. I believed that I was unworthy. I believed that I wasn't good enough. I believed that I was stupid. I believed that I can't get close to people. I can't trust people. So at six, having that mindset, my stepfather kicked steps in and I'm pushing him away. Even though this is a man that literally took us from the street, brought us into, into uh, his home, and I was rebellious against him. I was like that, that spoiled rebel child. And uh, it wasn't until I went to college. I went to Northeastern University yep. and I went to, I studied speech communications and psychology and in college is where my whole life turned around because I studied, to be honest, I studied communications and liberal arts because I thought it would be the easiest thing to study, but little did I know that that would lead to my lifelong passion, which is to be a transformational trainer. Yeah. Well... Walk backwards a little bit because it's interesting about what you're saying about that rebellion state, right? Because I think some people listen to this. We deal with, I call it, you ever hear uh, what chains, chains stands for? Like you break your chains of life. Right. Chains stands for power of choice, which becomes your habit, which becomes automatic, which becomes your identity, which becomes your nature of who you are, right? And that chain, what's interesting is that you had to break that chain because sometimes you imprison yourself because of what your mom did or your dad did. And in my book, I talk about the chains of life and how my dad... Um, you know, he had issues with his father and that what I realized is that he didn't get love from his father. So the thing that my dad wants is love. He can't offend me because, you know, it, love is not easily offended. So when you realize kind of what made you who you are, so what, what triggered you though? So you knew you were a re rebellion, then you found out your calling that you love helping people. And when I saw you the other night, I can tell that you're so genuine, you're real um, and authentic. At 21, 25 years old, what, where was that tr transformation of making well, that change? Well, the, the biggest shift was when I participated in a transformational workshop where, first of all, I had no idea what transformation was. Yeah. I, I had no idea that I could reinvent myself and that I don't need to be defined by other people's definitions or by my own limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that was even a possibility. I thought, this is the way I am and I'm going to die this way. And I, and I, and of course, work hard, go after your dreams, do whatever you need to do. But I never imagined that I needed to really do some inner work. Auditing. And I needed to go within myself and investigate. Mm -hmm. And investigate every aspect of my being and how my being was impacting what I was doing. What I was doing was impacting what I was having. And so I was having so results... But I wasn't fulfilled. And Anthony Robbins des describes the ultimate failure as success without fulfillment. Yeah. So I was getting success. I was starting to make money. I was doing well in school. So things were happening, but I was still, and I, I was in a relationship. Things were happening, but I was not fulfilled. Yeah. That, and, and that so, transformational class so changed you. When I went into that training class, which is called LifeSpring, it was a five-day emotional intelligence workshop where you literally stop everything and you go within. And you, and you evaluate your underlying assumptions and beliefs that shape how you view everyday life. And not only do you uncover, but you redesign them. And by redesigning your belief systems, you redesign reality. Mm. And so my GPS that I was using, or my Siri, to relate it to today's terms, Siri would say go left, but left would lead me to a dead end. And I kept paying attention to Siri and being like, and wondering why do I keep ending up in a dead end when my navigation is telling me to go there. So I realized there was something off in my navigation device and the training gave me the opportunity through a series of exercises, lectures, and experiential processes, meditations, and music, and body movement, and yoga, and all kinds of, you know, experiences and dynamics in that workshop it was literally a transformative experience. Yeah. And I always say a mentor is like a GPS. I think it's amazing how life gives you these kind of analogies, right? 
sometimes, would you agree with this, Chris, is that we look so far ahead that we're not looking at our next turn that we're taking. And sometimes, you know, when you look at a GPS, it's not telling you what to do in 50 miles. It's telling you what to do in a quarter mile or a mile. Right. But what I'm talking about is evaluating the actual GPS. Yeah. It was giving me the wrong information. Mm. Whether it's a quarter mile, 20 miles, or five miles, it was Where it was going wrong. Was, was wrong. No. Where it was listening from and operating from was wrong. Yeah. The system was broken. So I, so it took me literally identifying each belief that I had about me, about people, about sex, about money, about success, about relationships, about health, about balance, about money, about you name it. Yeah. And uncover every, it's a rigorous process. It's not, it's not a magic wand. It's not McDonald's. Yeah. It's so not, it's not read a book and you're transformed. Walk us through people out there that listen to this. What are some things that they can do to tr start to transform their life? There, I can tell you the first thing you do: yeah. hire a coach. Yeah, hire a coach. Do a experiential leadership seminar. Yeah, read a book. Why? Why? Explain. Because all these things will give you another viewpoint, give you another perspective, another way of seeing a situation, so that you could gain power and leverage over the situation. Yeah. If I only rely on me then I'm, I'm limited by my own filters and my own belief systems. Yep. When you look at an, a professional so athlete, true. a professional athlete needs a coach because the coach is watching the game while the athlete plays the game. So hiring a coach, hiring a mentor, having somebody support you is really one of the keys to transformation. Yeah. I don't transform on my own. Very few people have the kind of willpower that you have and the kind of rigor that you have that you literally woke up one day and said, you know what, I don't want to tell your story, but based on what you shared with me, you had a, a dramatic wake-up call. Yeah, I was questioning life. I was you were questioning was life. Yeah, and then you, and something, everything fell into place in a But in I had tremendous voice. coaches and mentors in my life that all planted seeds because I always say you can't build a home. If you can't build a home by yourself, do not try to build a life by yourself. Right. Right. And that's why I love what you're doing and giving back. So who's been some of your biggest influences and coaches in your life, Chris? Who's been people that have really molded you and changed you, would you say? Well, they're, they're people that a lot of people don't know. I call them unsung heroes. So, you know, my, my principal in high school, in, in elementary school, uh, Rosario Davila, she believed in me when I thought I was a piece of shit. She was like, she just kept seeing that person in me, seeing who I am. My mother. My mother, in spite, in spite of, you know, my mom, in spite of being abandoned by her husband and being shunned by her family and being, you know, basically had everybody turn their back on her, she never complained and she plugged along and she made sure that we had food on the table. That's amazing. She couldn't give us all a room. We all slept in the same room and she slept on the couch. Really? Yes, on the couch. While we had, you know, we shared rooms, but she made sure there was food on the table, at least one meal a day, even though the other three were hungry, but the other two we were hungry, but she always made sure that, the, that we got an education and she pressed that we would become successful. Isn't it amazing though what moms do? I said it to my mom the other day and I love my mom and dad. I surprised them on a yacht yesterday. We went to uh, the beautiful Miami here and again, Chris has a terrible view uh, over here. I feel so <laughs> bad for him, um, but it's, it's, it's. Parents, you know, especially the moms, they just have this instinct. And if you're a mom out there, um, we love you. Um, I'm such a mama's boy in a good way where it's just, you just want to give as much as you can. What were some of your biggest lessons you learned from your mom, would you say? Um, well, the thing my mom, a couple things. When I, I asked her the other day, what's, she's 90 years young and so cool. she's 90 and she travels and she plays bridge and she's in the book club and the gourmet club. And she, uh, she says she's an illegal Uber driver. <laughs> Because she drives her friend around, and not only does she drive her friend around, but she charges her. No way. She's like, well, if I'm going to take you like every She's week, no. if I'm going to take you every week, it would pay for my gas and my time. That's great. But my mom's 90. She and she's 90 driving? She, no, nah, of course she's That's 90 amazing. driving. Um, and what, what I've learned from my mom is persistence. Don't let the past define you. Focus on the here and now. Yep. And two things that she said are the keys to her longevity. One is balance. She eats whatever she wants. She doesn't believe in gluten this and gluten that and, and dairy-free. She eats eggs, cheese, milk, bacon, you name it. She'll eat Good stuff. She'll eat, but in balance and moderation. Yep. 
you know, she'll have her two glasses of wine a day. That white or red? Red. Red's the best. Yeah. So she'll have red wine. Uh, she'll have white wine when she goes to a party, though, because it, <laughs> it kind of kicks in differently. Yeah. So she likes the buzz. And um, so she says that really being, letting go of the past, not looking at the past. And the other thing is she always has something to look forward to. Like there's always a plan. Like when I turn 90, I'm going to go to Miami for a week. When I turn 95, I want to go on, on a cruise to the Mediterranean. Uh, at 98, I want this. When she turned 80, she wanted one thing. She always has a plan ahead of her. Yeah. And, and that and woman never complains. Going. Well, life momentum is everything. It's my, my parents are seven years old, and they're just I, – I just give them life. And I love just – and there's a surprise coming up later in the year. And they're going to listen to this, but they won't know what the surprise is because I like doing that. Oh, that's awesome. Um, You're such a good kid. No, nah, I love my parents. You know, I, I almost lost them five years ago. Uh, they had a clog, my mom had a clogged artery. My dad had a heart attack. He died two times at the hospital. He drove three hours after having a heart attack. The guy's like, you got to go to the hospital. He drove three hours home in traffic. And then they brought him there, and he literally passed out and, and died. He, he zeroed out. Thank God they're both good. They have more energy than ever. And I think when I, I was listening to Jesse Itther and Ed Millett, and he was talking about life resumes and how, you know, in our life, when you look at your life, you're going to have a life resume. We work on our work resumes more than our life resumes. And all these things in life that we get to do, like this is this right now, this is adds to my life resume, getting to be around, you know, Chris Lee and everything that you're doing and getting to know you more. And when you build up these 100, 150 experiences in your life, it builds up. So you look at your life like, wow, look at what we did. Not look at what we got, look at what we did. The yacht doesn't make you happy. It's the conversations that you have there. It's probably all the experiences that you've been able to do with your mom or even your mom seeing you speak in front of thousands of people. It's that life resume that means the world to me, you know? Yeah, you, you, you take advantage of the fact that we don't know how much time we have and, yeah. and you want to make every moment count. I finished my book, uh, the last chapter, it's a timepiece. And you ever see those um, clocks or they kind of have sand, right, that come down? And sand of time, yeah. Sand of time, right? So somebody got me and I was staring at it for months. I'm like, what is God trying to tell me? I, this thing keeps like shining at me, right? It's like, ha, ah, 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 ah. And I realized that, wow, imagine if we all had these sand clocks and the sand represented how much life we have left and the bottom is how much time is gone. How would you treat your life differently? How would you forgive differently? How would you go about your day differently, right? Right. It'd be more in a moment if you knew exactly how much sand you have left right next to you. Like, dude, you don't have a lot of sand left. Let's not fight. Let's love each other. And I think that's why my favorite law, I made this a few months ago, is LAW, law, love always wins. And that's the favorite law out there. God's law, universe's law, love always wins. And that's such a important thing. Yeah, we're all saying that the same thing. I always say that the answer to everything at the end of the day is love. Yeah. So love is always the answer. Yeah. What do you think the world needs, Chris, more? You know, when you take an audit of the world and look at all the people you've mentored, and I want to get into some people you've coached and things you've learned and done with them, but... What do you think the world needs more than ever right now in 2019? I think the world needs to get that we're all in this together and that nobody wins unless we all win. It's it's win-win. It's I actually do several exercises in my workshops that really put that point across that we don't need to agree to love each other. We don't need to agree with lifestyles. We don't need to agree with choices. We don't need to agree with what your boyfriend's doing or not doing or what you're doing or, you know, what my mom chooses to do with her life or what my son chooses. We could have different political beliefs. We could have different relationship beliefs. We could have different uh, sexual preferences, yep. religions, ethnicities. And I can still love you even yep. though I don't agree with half your politics. Yeah. Even though I don't like the team you like, but we do like the same teams. No, but you're so true. Just because I don't like what you like, I can still love you as a person. It's two separate things. I think that's what the world needs to know. I think yeah. we get caught up in the politics of politics, the politics of religion, the politics of se sexuality, the politics of, you know, gender and, you know, so-so's transgender and we have judgments about that. How about that's their choice? I don't need to agree with it or like it. I can love a transgender person. Yeah. You know, I'm gay. Yeah. Maybe that's an issue for you, no. but it might not be. But You're I can love you. I can I love you. I can love you anyway. Yeah. You know, I'm just making a point. I'm not gay. I'm not even straight. I'm not a label. I'm just saying that whatever it is that I can say, I'm I'm a Republican. You yeah. can still love me just because you hate Trump doesn't mean you can't love me. Yeah. And I think the world needs to get that. You're you nailed it. That's right on point. And that's called compassion. 
And compassion is being able to walk in people's shoes empathetically, to be able to step into someone else's reality and not judge them. And think about it, how challenging it is to, to not judge. And I think I was just saying this to Melissa before is that when you hit your lows of life, right? When you get to your highs, you value your highs so much more because you were at that low. And it kind of reminds me of what you just said about empathy and understanding people is that when you empathize with people, like you, I'm sure as being a coach, transformation coach, you feel if somebody's broken or you feel, because you told me before, it's like, I felt good about you and, and you felt good about me. And maybe it was because we were from Long Island. So he's like, oh, this Long Island guy. No, but I thought, that came later though. Yeah. But, uh, and then <laughs> joking around, but, but you, you just feel that feeling. How do you think people, how do you feel that feeling about people? Is it just a, it's just an instinct? Is it just authenticity? Well, when it's, you get past ego, which is one of the biggest challenges we have as human beings, and ego is wanting to be right, looking good, being in control, wanting to dominate. I mean, think about how much of our lives are ruled by wanting to be right. So true. How much of our lives are ruled by being in control? How much of our lives is it, you know, is ruled by how we look, you know, and, and when we give that up and give up our ego, we get over ourselves. Yep. We become less self-focused. And when you're able to connect with people unfiltered, then you could read people and you could feel energy because every human being is transmitting something. Mm -hmm. And so some people transmit giving, some people transmit taking, some people transmit ego, some people transmit all kinds of things. And I, of course, welcome and accept everybody, but I learned to read people so I could serve them, not to judge them. I learned to read people to serve them. So my mission is always, how can I serve you? How can I contribute to you? I mean, what I talked about, I practice, yep. which is the, the keys to abundance and prosperity. And then the number one key that will open up the door to all prosperity is gratitude, and when we live in gratitude and we think of the million blessings we have. It's such an amazing place. And we are overjoyed by those blessings. Yeah. Then that one complaint becomes like a, a small speck of sand, a grain of sand next to an ocean. So true. And most people see that grain of sand and think it's the ocean. Yep. And so that's how I'm able to really connect with people. And so that's why we're able to connect because I saw the energy and every person's a, an energy. We are all a frequency. The question is what frequency are you putting out there? And those of you listening, how you could apply this is you could check in and see what is it that you're putting out? What's your message? What's your vibe? Your vibe attracts your tribe. tribe. The vibe that you are generates the tribe. That's why I'm 100%. always surrounded by amazing positive, uplifting people, yeah. people that want to make a difference, people that want to make an impact, all the people on social media that follow me, you know, the people that, you know, that go to my workshops, my seminars, buy my books, the feedback I get every day is you're so generous, you're so giving, you're so committed. And that's what comes back. And I don't have to look for anything in my life. I'm not, there's no angle. And I think, you know, that's what I've learned in my life being real is that I never would be in a moment. I would be like, especially when you're with somebody, I think um, Simon Sinek, Start With Why, a great book. And he talks about when he goes out with his friends, people, you see people on their phones, not having a conversation with the person across the table. And sometimes we don't have intentional conversations. We're having just generic conversation. Like I love, I don't like surface conversations, I like deep level, you know, where you connect on that different mentality. I like both. I like, I like, having I, a balance yeah, of both, I, yeah. I like, I'll be honest with you. I cannot be in a deep conversation 24 hours a day. I'll go crazy. No, 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 no. But I'm saying like when you're with somebody and you're <laughs> yeah. connecting, yeah, because yeah. then it's, it gets too much without when a doubt. We're when we're having a conversation that matters, then to me it's important to have a conversation that yeah. matters. But then turning it off when it needs to But when off. we need to have fun and go, oh my God, look at the jet ski or yeah, look yeah. at this or look at that. It's fun to unplug. I couldn't do 24 hours either. I'd be screwed. Right, right. right. But it's when you have that dinner or you're with somebody, you know, not gossiping. It's just, it's, it's a waste of energy. Of right? course. There's things that, I always say there's... There's two stories in life, expired story, new story. Let's create this new story. Of course. Learn from it. Of course. Uh, you're talking about small talk and, and talk that's irrelevant and exactly, talk that's, yeah. that's that dangerous or negative. Have people, a couple things. Um, I'll go over that. You were talking about kind of the avatar mask that sometimes people have. Did you ever have like a, a mask or an avatar of 
who you, uh, you weren't really that person, but you were trying to put this mask up. And then how did you break through that mask? Was there any time in your life that you had to take that mask off and say, hey, I'm not being who I really wanted to be? I had my mask on for 22 years until mm -hmm. I did the training. Yeah. And my mask was a mask that I don't trust people and I don't need people and I could do it alone. And a mask that I was happy and I had it all and that, you know, I didn't need support and I didn't, I wouldn't let people close. I wasn't vulnerable. And so the mask was one of control and one of looking good. And I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to let you, of course, I'm not going to let anybody, all, all masks come from beliefs. And the belief comes from the past yep. or things in the present that create new beliefs. And, but they just reaffirm the old ones. Yeah. So that, so I had those masks and the end, the most liberating experience of my life was in my breakthrough training. There's different levels. There's the first level, which is called discovery. Second level is called breakthrough. And the breakthrough training, I literally broke through my mask wow. and I was standing naked. What did that emotionally. feel Emotionally like? freedom. Yeah. Like total freedom. What I've been feeling since, because I am a free being. I'm a free soul. I'm free. I'm not confined by approval or how I look or do I do it perfect. I could really blow something and laugh at it and learn from it. Oh my God, I blew that. And yes, you know, or, you know, I don't have to be perfect and I don't have to have, you know, everything perfect. And I think that what resonates for people is that my message is authentic. It's real. It's me. You know, I don't want to do this on your podcast, but I want to say something to you. I think that, and I know that you're here to interview me, but I think that what's great about you is that you are someone who is hungry to grow and you're always looking to learn and you're, you're just this, this sponge. And I think that's amazing because you're going to use all that to serve people. Yeah. Like, I'm 30 years later from where you are. How old are you? 53. Are you really? Bless you, bro. Holy 53. Shit. Hey, yeah, 53. 53. I really thought you were in your, like, seriously, like mid-30s, uh, like like early oh 40s. Seriously. I'm being, I'm being told he's I'm he's, not, he's not leaving. I'm not letting him go ever. <laughs> oh, man. No, you look phenomenal. It must be the Long Island water when you were a kid. <laughs> it's actually the Puerto Rican water. Look at Melissa. Yeah. Well, their, their skin is like perfect. Look at J-Lo. She's Puerto Rican. Oh, she's like 21. <laughs> it's ridiculous. What, what about, I mean, I appreciate that. And, and going back, and I'll take it, and I thank you. Um, I think that's the projects of what I, you know, I talk about. Seven Rock Life saved my life, but... I created the brand, I created the book, you know, the podcast, because there's podcasts saved my life. You know, when I was all by myself and I was broken, I didn't know what the heck was going on. I'm like somebody that I never potentially met, like a, you know, like a Lewis Howes, right? I said it right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And where you can listen, like, wow, thank you, Lewis, for, for the message. It's amazing. You know, I, Lewis Howes School of Greatness, not to promote his podcast on yours, but no, so it doesn't um, matter. It, it's, it's an incredible tool for people it's free people download it listen to it this podcast will be amazing for people i just think that there's no excuse not to live a transformed life there's no excuse not to create excited let's see what people are saying breakthrough is the best yes absolutely emma elizabeth hi yeah <laughs> so breakthrough training i was talking about breakthrough and how that took off my mask and i create freedom yeah and um but yeah podcast make a difference who's been so with your coaching of different people you've coached you know with drew cannoli natty jill cat williams lewis you know house what have you learned um from coaching and, and and mentoring you know high level people like that at that level and so kind of walk us through give us some stories of things that you've learned i mean obviously some of the stuff is private it's all private i yeah. can't talk about anything they, they talk about yeah, of course, um, yeah because that would violate confidentiality but i could tell you Things that there's learned. no difference between you and a billionaire. Yeah. There's no difference between you and Jennifer Lopez or, you know, someone that you admire. We all have needs. We all have fears. We all want to know, are we enough? Yep. One of the things that, that I was uh, impressed by Oprah Winfrey when she shared, and I was moved by something she shared, and she said that she's interviewed presidents and royalty and Michael Jackson and all these big time influencers of the influencers. And at the end of every interview, people always ask the same question. How did I do? 
Mm. Approval. So think about that. Obama, how'd I do? Michael Jackson, was that okay? Mm. You know, we, it, no matter how wow. big you think they get, they're always asked the same question. So true. And I'm always, look, I'm, I've been on a stage for 30 years. Do you know how many hours that is? Seven hours. <laughs> That's, That's thousands. They say that it's 30,000 hours for mastery. I've got like way beyond that. I mean, like a lifetime of hours in front of a room, in front of a stage. And that I don't just do presentations. I do seminars, which is I work with people and I literally support people in transforming their lives. And I could tell you that every single time I ask myself, what's it going to take? And at the end, how did I do so that to answer your question, my biggest lesson in working with people that I've admired, people that I grew up watching, people that I was a fan of originally, and then I just became their coach, mm -hmm. is we're all the same. There's yeah. no difference. So you're and right. The, and the good news for all of you listening, there's no difference between you and your hero. The only difference is vision. The only difference is choice, action, results, surrounding themselves with a team of people that support them. 100%. No one got to where they got without a mentor, a coach, or someone supporting I 100% agree. You, you need, I mean, I wouldn't have been able to play professional baseball, you know, in college at a high level without having these influences in my life. What do you like about speaking and your events that you do? When you look at your events, I know, I know you love transforming people and seeing them come to an event and, and change, but because I want to ask you two things is what do you enjoy and then how, how do you become a great speaker? Some people speak for their corporation, for events that they do that are listening to this. So walk us through what do you enjoy the most about what you can What I love about my events is that I'm with people. I love being with people. I'd rather be on an event than on a podcast or on a television screen or, you know, in a, in yeah. a video. I love the energy and the feedback that I get from people. It's like an immediate response to a message and to watch how my words could create movement and tears and joy and a transformation. Something that happened the other night is, you know, there I was at Epic Talks, which is wonderful, great experience. And it's a different format for me. I've never had a format like that where I'm in the dark. <laughs> where I'm talking, there's a screen behind me that's moving around. And I'm, there's I'm, half the room is over here, half the room is over there. Yeah. It's an incredible, great, it's a great place. It's a great gathering. It's, it's, it's amazing. But I've never been in an event like that. And I literally had, you know, 30 minutes or 45 minutes max to put out a message that really takes several hours. Yep. And so just me putting my heart out there, getting a message from one of my best friends, Melissa, and saying, last She's night awesome. changed my life. Last night changed my life. That's what I like about being able to do that. And I did it for free. I didn't get paid. I just, I, I went, it was like, I had a moment, a moment off. I was literally just got off the airplane, went and did it. Yeah. And no planning, no preparation, but some, just jumped in. A lot in. of times that's your best time. But that's what excited me about it. Yeah. What, that's what I love about my talks is the impact that any speaker can have on their audience. Yep. And so with people that want to get in, uh, that speak, right, what are some of the key elements? I read a book, uh, a talk like Ted, you know, years ago, and you look at Ted talks, there's 18 minutes, but then, you know, there's events that are six, seven, eight, nine, ten hours and you're, you're in the moment, right? So being a great communicator in today's world, not just speaking on stage, but communication, can you walk us through what it takes to be a great communicator to get people to understand your message, whether it's a product? whether it's your service, whether whatever you're doing, or even as a, say, a parent, you're communicating to your kids, right? So what is communication? How do you approach it the right way, would you say? There's several steps that I, that I coach people on communicating. And the first step is intention. What is your intention? What is it that you want to land in your audience? What's the effect or the outcome of your communication? How do you want people experiencing life as a result of being in your space? What's the energy, the frequency, the vibrancy? Do you want to create joy? Do you want to create connection? Do you want to create worth? Do you want to create an, uh, passion? Do you want to create inspiration? What's your intention? Once you're clear about your intention, then the second step is to be clear on your message. What's the message? If you don't have your message clear, 
then what's going to come out is something convoluted yep. and it's going to come out in a way that's messy. You have to have it organized, structured. I believe in bullet points yep. because bullet points gives you freedom to elaborate, freedom to be authentic, freedom to be real. So what's the message and have bullet points. The third thing I would say is practice, practice in front of a mirror, put a video phone in front of you. Do it over and over and over until you get comfortable with it. Yeah. Even in the car when you're in the car. In the car. And the fourth thing I would say is feedback. Yeah. Get feedback from friends. Get feedback from people around you about what you're doing. And that's pre-production. Once you're in there, there's just one important element about public speaking. People do not care what you know till they get how much you care. Amen. Yeah. People do not care what you know till they get how much you care. If you are a rattling talking head, people are not going to engage with you. You could be brilliant. You could quote every book you've ever read. Yep. But they're not going to give up a shit about what you know. They're going to be like, this guy's full of shit. There's so many frauds in this business. There's so many people that are just, you know, that they're, they're so polished and so perfectly set up. They got the PowerPoint. They got this. And at the end of the, get, of the day, connect. you don't feel their heart. You don't feel their care. And so people need to know that you care. And if you're able to come out and be that way, then you're going to make an, in, uh, an impact. And the other thing about public speaking is don't try to be interesting. Yeah. It will kill credibility. I don't care if I'm interesting. I'm, I care if I make an impact. You're you. I'm interested in other people. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm not trying to be interesting. Mm. And so I'm always looking at what can I give? What can I give? What can I give? And another thing that we do is make sure you're dressed for the occasion, make sure that, you know, more tips, make sure you're dressed for the occasion, make sure you're sharp, make sure you got your materials and establish eye contact with your audience. Do not, do not talk to the air, do not talk to the middle of the room, do not talk to the floor, connect with everybody, connect, 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 yep. connect. And, and that, those little tips will make a difference. No, those are great. And I love what you said. I always say the universe is a giving universe. So in order for you to be in alignment with the universe, you have to be giving as well. You know, it gives us water, it gives us life. And when you're in a giving spirit, I know anytime I was depressed in my life, I remember this was actually last year. Uh, I've talked about this on the podcast and I went to go give, um, I went to go do charity for homeless people. I forgot about my problems because then I'm like, wait, my problems are not even problems compared to, you know, somebody else. Well, so it's the, it's the whole thing about gratitude. Yeah. When you're in gratitude, you give. You know, when you're in gratitude, it's authentic to give. And I always say that if you're in a breakdown, give. Because yeah. that will get you. It's the quickest way out of a breakdown is by giving. What are some – that's great stuff. And definitely take notes on this. The funniest thing is my mom. It's so humbling. Uh, they were listening to uh, this guy, Bob um, Cattell. He, was, uh, he did TED Talk. And he spoke to 5 million people with Zig Ziglar, Anthony Robbins, who was on my podcast a few weeks ago. And um, my mom and dad are writing notes down, you know, and I'm like, it's so humbling. And they're like, we're learning. And as you get older, it's like your, you know, your mom is 90 years old. And I'm sure you get to have great conversations. She loves learning about things and also surface level as well. Um, but you keep your mind stimulated uh, with writing notes down. I always say the weakest ink is better than the strongest memory. And when you put bullet points down, especially when you're speaking, it's so, so profound, so true. Um, what are some funniest, like funny things that have happened in your life or whether it's through what you're doing or people you've met? So funny things that have happened, experiences or some monumental people that you've met in your life that, that you really enjoyed and put a mark on your life, would you say? Well, funny things happen every day. Yeah. I mean, every day. Uh, like one time I was doing a speech for this big Amway convention. Yeah. And I was, I've been hired by Amway, Landmark, I mean, Amway or Quickstar yeah, yeah. Uh, to, do, to, do, to do some work for them. I've been hired by Mary Kay and you yeah. know, named the multi-level marketing group or the marketing reps. Yeah. And there must have been, I don't know, 15,000 people in the wow. audience. And they're like, Chris Lee, trainer, impact, you know, trainer of the stars and transformed lives of millions and has been on TV and da-da-da, best-selling author. And I'm running on the stage, and I missed a step, and no. it landed flat on my face. <laughs> like I, I, sniper, I, I call that sniper. And I'm That's dressed sniper. like in my in my best suit, and, no I'm, and I'm like, you know, I look really good. <laughs> and I had a microphone in my hand, and I'm like running up, and boom, land on the floor. No way. And I go, "Good evening, <laughs> everybody!" On the floor. No way. And they gave me a standing ovation. <laughs> 
because I didn't uh, skip a beat. No, you, you were in, you were like, dude, I'm going in with this. And another time, I'm in a training which is a little more That's confrontational, and, and the students were late. The students were late, and it's a very it's one of these it's like a boot camp kind of training. Mm-hmm. I do I do executive boot camps as well, and they're like hardcore. Yeah. Like you literally crack open, and you're like another person. And part of the training is to be on time. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I say, you have one minute to be in the room. You got to be in the room. If you're, if you're not in the room in a minute, you're late. Wow. And how you do one thing, you do everything. Yeah, if you're late here, you're late everywhere. So true. And so four people were late. And I'm on the microphone and I start and I run towards the center of the room to go, stop. Because I have to, because if I don't, if I don't put intensity to it, it just keeps going. I go, Stop. And my feet get tangled up with the with the skirt from the table, and I get wrapped around, and I'm on the ground like this, screaming, "Stop! Stop! Stop! You're late!" And I'm on the ground, tangled up, saying, "You're late." The staff was like, "What?" Like they, they you know, because I'm the trainer, I'm the ground, you yeah, know, yeah. and I'm a big guy, I'm six two, you know, I'm on the ground with a microphone, and I, and the, the staff goes, "Chris, you're amazing. You didn't skip a beat." So you did awesome. not skip a beat. So would you say and those you're... and those people were freaked out because not only did you confront them about being late, but you were on the ground and you were showing commitment <laughs> that like not even falling yeah. down, stopping you and knocking you off. And so when I asked them why they were late, they're like, "Dude, after that, I can't tell you why I was late. It's bullshit." <laughs> because if you were able to continue the training on the on the ground, and I was in pain because I literally twisted my my ankle, like I, I was. Like literally dragging my foot the next three days. Oh my gosh! So, so that's you say a that some situation. of your best speeches have been on the floor. Absolutely. <laughs> Another thing is, I I've been I've been really like severely sick, and you know, one time I was doing a seminar, and it, it was like I got food poisoning. So I continued the training under the table on the microphone, yeah. giving the instructions. But lying, I, I'm a, like I could barely, I, I, I was on the ground. That's amazing. Because I can't go, oh guys, I can't make it. I, I you know. It makes you real. I was in Trinidad in August. I did a speaking engagement in, in Trinidad for a thousand people and awesome people. And when I got there, they were um, doing these dances to start off the, the weekend. And I was the, I was the, the guest speaker. And uh, they wanted like, oh, go dance. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to like deedify myself and make myself look bad before I go. So I talk and then I do, there's a break and, and they're like, you're doing a dance again. You need to do it or else they're not going to let you talk. I'm like, no way. I'm like, no, they're serious. It's our culture. It, it, we have to do it every speaker. So they go up, they put some music on. I start doing the moonwalk. I do the, the warm. I have it on video. I'll show it to you You're later. The, you do the warm. I did too. the warm. Yeah. I, as a kid, I loved Usher and I would practice in a mirror. Like I thought you were going to do it right now. You got, no, you no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Nobody would, well, they would <laughs> see it on, on Instagram and Facebook, but they're not getting that. Um, yeah, so it's G14 classified information, but I, and I won and they got one crazy and stuff, but, but being real, like them seeing like, oh, I'm just you on, like, you're just me. You may know a little more things and everything, but you're just like me. And you said that earlier before about Oprah. Well, it's, 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 I'll I'll tell you two more things that happen. I think people will be able to relate to A lot of people are afraid to speak in public because they're afraid they're going to go blank. Mm, Yep. I went blank on national television. (laughs) So there I am in a... Good Morning America type show uh, for Latin America. It's called Despierta America. Good Morning, uh, Wake Up America. And you did Telemundo and as well. Right? I did Telemundo for, for seven many, years. for many years. I did say something news. in Spanish. Hola amigos, bienvenidos a Telemundo. Yo soy Chris Leo y vamos a hablar sobre la transformación. No comprende. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did, I did te- the news in Telemundo uh, and I did positive news, news that was positive, which is so needed. It's so awesome. Anyway, so there I am in a morning show, and I'm about to speak, and the camera's on me, and I literally went blank. And so I go, hi, guys. I just went blank. <laughs> and I'm sure that's happened to you, but you know what? That's not going to stop me because being blank is, is part of life, and sometimes yeah. we go blank. Yeah. I got more feedback about that than any other segment I've ever done. People are like, oh my God, that was amazing because I'm so afraid to talk in public because I'm afraid to go blank. But you know what? It's okay to go blank. Yep. Just go with it. And I think that that's another tip about speaking in public. It's go with it. Yep. If you're scared, one time I, I did a, my, one of my first speeches, I was shitting bricks. I was, it was, there were 30 people in the room. And it's not just a speech because – It's harder sometimes to do 30 than do 1,000. You know what? It's a lot harder because not only am I doing a speech for 30, but I have to sell something to them. Like I'm selling a workshop. So it's the speech and there's a call to action at the end. 
and if you, and I measured based on how many people sign up. Wow. So I was so nervous that, in, and then it was in the way. And instead of ignoring that I was nervous, I told the whole audience, guys, I want you to know that I'm very nervous. And here's why I'm nervous. I'm nervous that I might get in the way from what you're here to get. And because it matters to me that you have the life that you want. And, da, 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 da. and by, by the time I was done explaining, I was nervous. It was gone. But that, that so it was it's addressing it's real. the agenda. Yeah. As long as there's a hidden agenda as you're speaking, people pick up the hidden agenda, not what you're saying. Yeah. That's good stuff. Um, yeah. This this is powerful. This is really good stuff. The you know the the whole nation, Seven Rock Life Nation, and Instagram is going to love this as well. And uh, I really love what you're doing, Chris. I I really. Edgarcito, cómo estás? Hi, hello, 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 world. So last thing, and uh, and then we'll we'll wrap it up. So there were six things you spoke about the other night um, about, and if, I know you spoke a lot for a while, but if you can kind of touch on those six things to you know to wrap it up, that would or I believe it was six things. Yeah, it was it was more. I think it was it was ten things, but I'll I'll, I'll give you a gist. So yep. basically, my my message the other night and my message now is a lot of people want to have abundance in their life, thinking that abundance is about having a lot. Yep. And so my message is that abundance is really about an attitude and a mindset. It's an environment. At the end of the day, everything's a mindset. And so the mindset of abundance is a mindset of gratitude. When I am clear on my blessings and on my gifts and my worth, that opens the door to an abundant life. And the key to abundance is to be in gratitude. And once you're in gratitude, then it's authentic since I'm so filled to give, which is the first principle. Yep. So giving is the first so principle. the first one. Yeah. So being a giver versus a taker. We all know what givers are like. We all know what takers are like. The second principle is to let go. Let go of any limiting belief. Let go of any conversation. Let go of any negative energy that might be in your way. Let go of a toxic relationship. Let go of a toxic belief. And part of letting go is forgiveness. Forgiving yourself. Forgiving other people. When you forgive yourself, you're letting go. Yep. When you forgive other people, you're letting go. And so letting go is very important. The other principle I talked about was integrity. Integrity is about keeping your word, keeping your agreements, being a man of your word, a woman of your word. At the end of the day, you've got your results or you have a story. Yep. People who don't keep their word have stories. And so it's about keeping your word. When you keep your word, your self-worth goes up. So true. When you break your word, your self-worth goes down. When you keep your word, your credibility goes up. When you break your word, your credibility goes down. I always say you can't have a goal. You have to make a promise. Like like if I said to you, hey, my goal is to be there today at 1 o'clock with the podcast versus, hey, I promise I'll be there. The promise sounds better than the goal. How about I will be there? Mm -hmm. And we are. Yeah. So it's, I, I am committed in language. We could talk about language as a whole other episode. That's a whole other episode. But language We're also. We're going to have you back on. What, oh, great. Yeah. Well, language is also another, another way that implements what we're talking about or takes away from what we're talking about. Because there's scarcity language. There's abundance language. Yeah. So integrity. So integrity is about honoring your word, being a man of integrity, and also living from ethical principles. Yep. You can't have integrity... And expect to have a. You can't be without integrity and expect abundance. You can't be cheating on your wife or uh, or cutting corners in life and expect to be successful. And integrity has to do with higher power as well. Having integrity with your creator, with your belief, with you know. For me, it's God. I have integrity with my God, and I live based on what my God teaches me. I am a man of my of principles. I can't be standing in front of a room doing what we say in Spanish called predicando en calzoncillos, which is preaching in underwear. And there are so many people, we've seen examples of that. The next principle is creation, which is to literally project yourself in the future and see yourself there. When you create from the future, then you're doing what I call standing in the future. So I'm already in my house in France. I don't have a house in France yet, but I see myself there. I'm going to be in the south of France. Oui, bonjour. Uh, oui. Je suis un très mauvais garçon. I don't, that's all I know for French. <laughs> très bien. Uh, so I, I project myself, and the question I want to ask everybody listening is, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Imagine it's 10 years later. How old are you today? 
And what are your top three goals that you're proud of? Mm. Write them down. That's creation. Yeah. The next thing I talked about was persistence. Persistence is being a maniac on a mission and not bailing and not quitting until you hit the goal. Persistence is about doing whatever it takes. Persistence is about having what it takes and making it happen. The next thing I talked about was surrounding yourself with a tribe. Mm, your that. vibe attracts your tribe. The people that you surround yourself with are what makes your team. Yep. And you're as great as the team you surround yourself. There's a saying in Spanish that says, tell me who you hang out with, I'll tell you who you are. Dime con quien andas y te diré quien eres. Totally understood that. Yeah, of course you did. <laughs> and the final <laughs> thing I talked about talks about that, I believe, of in course, the mentors. Of course, he does. Yeah, it's so true. But I talk about it too. So we don't. We all. Yeah, no, it's hundred yeah. percent. And um, I love Tim Ferriss, but I talk about it. Chris Lee talks about yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then, <laughs> and then finally, uh, the the thing that I that I talked about is affirmations. Yeah. Your mind and your thought process impacts everything. And so be mindful of the, of what you listen to. And I say that we go around with a headset like the one I have on right now. And on one side of the speaker, there's a speaker that is all negative, toxic, you can't, you're ugly, you're stupid, don't trust anybody. I call it the committee. And on the other side, there's the positive committee, which says you're beautiful. You are magic. You matter. You're important. And it's a question of which side you listen to because what you pay attention to expands. So true. So if I pay attention to negativity, oh my God, that will expand and I'll attract more negativity. And, and when I pay attention to positive thoughts, that expands. And so what you think about becomes the environment you create, becomes the result you have. When you look at a rainforest, if you've been to Puerto Rico, there's a place called El Junque, mm -hmm. which is a tropical rainforest and you'll see orchids everywhere. Like in my house, see orchids, yeah. orchids, orchids, because I'm all about being a rainforest. If you go to the Arizona desert, it is dry, and there's cactus, cactus, cactus. I have one out there. So the cactus, I don't let it in the house because cactus shoots needles, and orchids create and breed life. And so wow. cactus is in the hot environment outside. Orchids are in the cool environment inside. Now, why don't you have the relationship of your dreams? Because you're being a desert. Mm. When you shift into a rainforest, people will flock toward you. Yeah. Why yeah, don't you have you? financial freedom? Because you're being a desert. It's like wow. wanting an orchid being a desert. You're going to keep getting cactus. So true. So if you're all tired of getting cactus, be a rainforest. Ooh. Ooh. Take that down. Let me just drop that there. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that's the that's final awesome. tip. That's the final tip. Yeah, guys, uh, I just got chills. Um, I definitely want to be a rainforest. I don't want to be a desert. Nope. You are a rainforest. No, I know. I you appreciate are. you and... Life is a blessing, and it's uh, it's amazing to get to meet great people, you know, like you, Chris. And, and see I'm only as doing. great as you see. Yep. Yeah. I can't be any greater than what you see. Yeah, I, I heard this recently. It's one of my biggest challenges, and I'll finish with this: is uh, sometimes we look for approval from everything and everyone in life, and our task is not to be uh, our task is to be liked in life, but it's your task to like me or not, because I can't control that. And for years, I would try to control this person liking me, mm -hmm. and then when you get to the point where you're just like, listen. I'm a likable guy. I'm being the best. I have a relationship with God. That's all that matters. But sometimes people have to go on their own journey because journey they have their own problems. And sometimes they make you the problem. But it's not you. It's them. Well, nothing's personal. I mean, there's a book I read uh, called The Four Agreements. Don't ah, Miguel Ruiz. Gary Chapman, right? Don't, no, no, no. Well, Don't Miguel uh, Ruiz. Five languages. Yeah. yeah Don Miguel, that's languages of love. Yep. Five languages Don of Miguel, love. Don Miguel Ruiz. And one of the agreements is... Nothing's personal. Don't take things personal. How people treat you, how people are, the way people behave, that's their dream, that's their reality, that's their vision. Yep. It has nothing to do with you. Now, how you react, that's personal. Yeah. And so we have control over that. Love it. This, guys, this is a great podcast. Uh, where can people find you, Chris? You could find me on Instagram now that I've surrendered things to Lewis Howes, who when I met him, I had Thanks, one Lewis. follower. <laughs> and Lewis is like, how could you not have Instagram? I'm like, because I don't depend on Instagram. Do you Instagram. have MySpace anymore? Or no? uh, yeah, I never had MySpace. <laughs> if I only had one follower on Instagram, I had no And he was my only follower. Um, and he's like, <laughs> he's Chris, a good, you got He's a good follower to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly have never depended on it. But now I see Instagram... Not so much to sell anything because I'm not – I don't sell anything. People come and chase me down for stuff. Yeah. So I don't need to promote anything. But I use it to stay in connection with the people that I love and my, my team and the people that are part of my tribe. And so they can follow me on Instagram at Chris 
motivador, which is motivator in Spanish, which is with a D, motivador. And I'll put it in the caption so people can... And you can purchase my best-selling book, which is Transform Your Life, 10 Principles of Abundance and Prosperity. And you can get it on Amazon. It's available in English, Spanish, Audible. Yes, I was in a cabin, little cabina. I recorded it in my uh, own voice, voice. so you'll it. hear me. It's an you audible. You went to a cabin to do it? Yeah, I did it in a little cabin I I thing. I was locked up for six hours inside this coffin-like experience. It was <laughs> a blessing. It was a yes. Uh, uh, but recorded my audible, and it's also available on Kindle on Amazon.com, or you could order it right on my Instagram page. I also have a fan page, Chris Lee Motivational Trainer. And Twitter at Chris Motivador as well. Awesome. Guys, check him out. Uh, just amazing stuff that he's doing for the universe and for the world and for people. Uh, I appreciate you so much and look forward to building a friendship. So, Oh, wait. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'm uh, raising money for the, the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, LLS, which saved my friend's life because of the research that they came that they developed a vaccine that saved my friend's life who was who had lymphoma twice mm -hmm. and this vaccine was the result of the fundraiser of the LLS society and so get on my page and log in and see how you can contribute but I'm on a mission to raise money for LLS well seven rock life nation is going to help you out with that because with our clothing that. brand we donate money and causes and missionary work and plus project impact plus Every book, my book comes out on June 1st, 50% of every book goes to charity missionary work. So I would love to support that. Thank you. And, uh, all, my, and all my book sales are usually go to St. Jude's, except for when I'm on this campaign, which is for the next eight weeks. It's going to all my sales, 100% of it, even the sell of the book. That's awesome. Is going to go towards the LLS Society, which I'm on a mission to end cancer. That's, yeah. that's it's, no, it's touched my life too closely. Yeah. I've lost many friends and family members and just... It's devastating what cancer is doing. So I'm on a mission to end blood cancer. And we're doing an amazing, we have an amazing team with Greg Ward and Jenny Ward and Barbara Bermudo and all these amazing people that are just creating an amazing impact through LLS. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to help you out with that and I appreciate do that. that. So there's one like question. You don't know about the Seven Rock Life question that finishes the whole podcast, do you? I don't. It's yeah. my first time it's here. First time here. All right. So ready, Nation? We got to share Chris the question. So this is the final all be all. You ready? Oh my God, I'm nervous. Yes. What is it? All right. Am I on the spot? Yeah, you are on the spot. Okay, cool. So get ready. Here I love being on the spot. So if you had a billboard for the whole world to see, what would your message be to the world? Shine bright like a diamond. Why? Because we were all... Diamonds when we were born, and at some point, the shine was faded. Boom. Wow. Guys, Chris Lee, check him out. Love him. He is awesome. Thank you for tuning into Seven Rock Life Podcast Nation. Leave a review. Check out the sites, and enjoy the rest of your day. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Many people have been asking what Seven Rock Life is about. It first came from a book I wrote, which you can find on sevenrocklife.com or Amazon called The Seven Rocks of Life. This book was designed to help those out there hurting or lost in life that just need direction and maybe have no one to turn to. And through my hardest time of life when I hit rock bottom at 31 years old, learning and discovering these seven rocks of life saved my life and helped me get out of my lowest point. I tell the story of how the brand came about and go through each rock of life in detail throughout the book. Through that time, I decided to start journaling on my phone, things I was learning and discovering about life and, and even myself. During this hard time of life, people I was blessed to be around, you know, they saw me and changed a lot and said, you should write a book to share the Seven Rock Life mentality. So I did and decided to share it with the world. Now with Seven Rock Life clothing, that came because of a story of when I went to Dominican Republic to play baseball at 16 years old. You can visit that at stevenzirkle.com slash charity to see the whole story. What's really great about this clothing brand is every month we donate Seven Rock Life clothes and items to many different causes and charities based on how many items are bought for the month. So every item that somebody buys, another item is donated. The first of every month we share on our Instagram page, which is at Seven Rock Life, where we donated and how many items as well. I wish I could take full credit for this brand, but I give all the credit to God. 
you know, he helped me create it and I just, just renting it out while I'm here. We believe if life has given us so much, we should give back to it. Another mission we have is to build schools and playgrounds around the world. I believe learning and having fun every day is the key to life uh, and staying young. So visit sevenrocklife.com to shop and help with giving back to the world. We are a brand that lives to inspire, living that VCF life every day. Always remember, smile in life and dream big, dream often. Have a blessed week.